listeners, it's Malika and Reese with your Bigger Pockets podcast, where we answer your rental questions with our rental experts. Today we have Handel Carter from Harrisburg, Pennsylvania. Handel recently got a letter from a lawyer that tells him that part of his driveway is on his client's property. When he purchased the home, the driveway was already paved, and it's been like that for the last 30 years. The letter says his options are return to a prior state, or they can pay a lump sum and purchase it. Um, his real estate company told this, and he's wondering if he has to pay for something he didn't do. What would you recommend? Like, what are his options? So, it kind of goes back to the purchase of the property. You have a survey done on that and everything. But if you have part of your property that's on his, um, it's basically going to come down to a civil dispute, like who's going to pay for it. It's This is attorney language that I really don't understand. It's kind of over my head, but... The way I have encountered this is if, if something that belongs to you is on someone else's property, it is going to be your expense to take care of it. You can battle this in a civil court. Maybe even the previous buyer's li- or the previous seller's liable. But overall, if it's on his property, it's going to be your responsibility. <coughs> Excuse me. Do you think that uh, he should reach back out to the previous uh, landlord or like get him involved too to say like you sold me this like this or what resources? Who all do you know think he should gather? I definitely would reach out to the uh, previous owner and see if there's anything you could do for it because ultimately it's it's a financial expense and if you can get someone else to help you with that, absolutely go that route. Mm-hmm. Awesome. <coughs> Excuse me. Yeah. You got me all choked up on these questions. <laughs> so let's move on. Uh, Derek Hudson from Denver, Colorado is in the process of looking for his first investment property. And he's just trying to gather his resources and just to network to use um, realtors, inspectors, lenders. And um, he's working with like a realtor <coughs> property management company for information regarding a couple um, homes. But she said that um, she won't provide any information or any help or any uh, just any further contact until she fills out a paperwork saying that she's exclusively her client. And um, she's refusing to give him any information. Is that normal? Is that a red flag? How would you suggest that he proceeds? So it's not a red flag. So just full transparency here, real estate agents work off commission. So their time and effort is not paid for until they close on a transaction. So what she's doing is she's saying, you know what, let's develop a relationship. She wants to have an exclusive buyer agreement to what she's got so that you're not shopping around and she's doing all this work and it's for free. Basically until until a closed transaction real estate, agents work for free. So not a red flag. Um, we I've seen agents use it, some agents don't, but um, I would say in general, it's not a flag to say you shouldn't work with them. It actually might be a good thing to say that, hey, you're an ex- exclusive agent to me. It might make that relationship a little bit better, but that's why that's happening but nothing to be alarmed by. Mm-hmm. So is there any fees that he has to pay to say that he's exclusively working with this agent? So it'll be on that form that, sh- that was sent over. Some agents included on there, some don't. Um, typically, all the agent's wanting to do is to make sure that you're committed to working with them. And it m- may not be a fee at all, but they just want to know that, hey, when it comes to buying real estate, that you're going to use them versus shopping to 12 different agents and getting everybody to do the work and then only one person actually getting paid for it is what they're trying to avoid. Mm-hmm. Makes sense. So um, just if he's not ready to make a commitment yet to, um, to that specific realtor, um, where would you say that he can go and find more information? Do you have any sources? Any- so when, you, when you're shopping for a realtor, def- definitely check out reviews. Um, ask about their past experience with the types of properties that you're looking for, their market knowledge. Mm-hmm. And... Um, also, is it a full-time job for them, or is it a part-time real estate agent that does it only on the weekends? You want someone that you trust, that you have a good relationship with, but you also want the expert. Don't just you know go into it, the first person that picks up the phone. 
work with. You want somebody that's got the same ideals and knowledge and goals that you have so that you can work with them to get to the end financial success that you're looking for for your property. Mm -hmm. And Derek says that he's also looking for realtors, inspectors, and lenders. Do you have any um, networks that he can go to find people who would be good at that? So if you get a good real estate agent, they're going to have a network with everything. A real estate agent is basically you're you're, going to have a tool bag for you. That's going to make the difference um, in a a good real estate agent versus a part-time real estate agent. When you go to someone, if you want to sign that exclusive agent agreement with them, they better have the lender, the inspector, insurance company, a property management company, uh, general contractors, I mean, everything around the transaction so that you don't have to put all this together. That's what they're going to do for you. Okay, awesome. So let's like switch into more of an investor mind frame. So Thomas from DC is in a partnership. He's currently an investor. And him and his investment partner own 11 units together, a couple single family and um, a multifamily property. So they recently, uh, his business partner asked to buy him out, but his buyout number was well among the amount uh, that they would get if they sold the properties together. So um, he's wondering, like, how should he determine a buyout number, seeing that they're very early into their mortgages and um, he doesn't want to like have any bad blood with his partner, but uh, what do you think? Any advice? Ooh, tough one. So anytime you get into a partnership, here's the disclaimer. Get all of this ironed out up front before you go into a deal with somebody when you're commingling money. So in this instance, it's going to be a very difficult situation. Somebody's either going to get hurt or somebody's going to get shortchanged on the money one way or another. It is what it is. So I would say when you back it up two steps, just make sure that when you go into a partnership with someone that you've got a strategic plan what the exit strategy looks like, whether it's one or both, so that all of that's outlined and it's not up for question and you both agree before commingling your money together. Yeah. So he's saying that um, he's in a position that, uh, unfortunately, uh, he's the workload is 95% him and 5% uh, his partner. They're doing, um, they both financially invested 50, 50%, but do you think that that uh, has any like standpoint? Does that like tip the tables, tip the scales at all? It's not, unfortunately. And that's where, you know, this friendship they probably have is either going to go sideways or somebody's going to come out of pocket for it. But unless it's outlined, I mean, putting money in is one thing, but there's no sweat equity that you can put into a, in a, partnership like this. So it's not going to make any difference as far as the buyout amount. It's just going to come down to basically a negotiation to how much the dollar amount you believe the buyout should be. And hopefully you guys can still go have a beer afterwards. <laughs> not sure that's going to happen, but it's it, it unfortunately, if you don't have that plan outlined, you're going to have some kind of hiccup during this final process. Mm-hmm. So last question, this is more of an opinion piece. I know there's no right answer for this one, but uh, what would you suggest Thomas do as far as like dividing it? Would you say divide it as like as far as properties? Like um, I guess they could split one half and half since there's 11 properties, like five, four and a half, four and a half. Or would you say they divide it as far as like financial gain? I wouldn't say financial gain. I would put it on financial assets. So okay. if it's uh, you know one point one million dollars worth of property, you split it down the middle at five fifty. You know that it has to be. If they both put in fifty fifty money, it should be a fifty fifty split leaving. However, they got to divide the asset class up. Yeah. Okay. Well, hopefully, it can end their friendship amicably too. Yeah. Thank you so much, Reese. That's all the time and all the questions we have for today. For all your questions, comments, and opinions, contact the always fast, always professional, and always responsive property experts and text us at 813-534-4662. One more time, that's 813-534-4662. And we'll see you next time.